Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cheesesteaks Insider Level. I'm Doug Count Crowley. He's Austin Mancini. We're here to talk today about fertilizing flowers. And uh, now we're talking about Gross. eagles and lions here today. Dog some flyers. Um, currently recording this in the middle of the flyers' first intermission. They're up 2 1 on Vancouver. So hopefully they can pull out a second straight win here on the West Coast. We talked about them again, maybe six points out of this road trip on the West Coast before coming back east to play the Penguins in Washington. Um, so far, this would be a great uh, a great road trip if they get this win here tonight. But before we talk about the Flyers, let's talk about the Eagles-Lions, Austin. Eagles, a three-point favorite. Uh, sorry, three-point or is it three-and-a-half? Um, three-and-a-half, I believe. Three-and-a-half-point favorite on Sunday against the Lions in Detroit. Eagles coming off. A 33-22 loss, of course, in Las Vegas last week. The Lions, on the other hand, coming off a 28-19 loss to the Rams. Uh, th- this is a game between two of the worst teams in the NFL this season. Uh, and to be honest, heading into this game, I'm not sure the team that's 0-7 is actually the worst team in this game. No, I I can't be convinced either. I mean, you. I think we spoke about it last podcast. They were in that game. It wasn't like they lost that game and did what the Eagles do, which is make it look closer than it was. They were up 7 nothing, I think, or 14 nothing on the Rams last week. So they can put up points, and they've, held, they've actually held their own pretty much every week. It's just, you know, the better team ends up winning the game most of the time and talent prevails. So, I mean, it, this team is better than people, I think, give it credit for. Um, with that being said, though, and I think you're totally right, uh, I don't know what to think about this game. I really don't. Yeah, it, it's really a tough one to just project because on the Eagles' side, I can't trust the coaching staff to put a, together a full game plan here for 60 minutes. I mean – the last time the Eagles had a full 60-minute game plan that worked was week one against the Falcons. Since then, the game plans have been pretty uh, ugly at best. Um, I guess mediocre at best, but pretty ugly overall. And on the Lions side, like we said, I think that Lions team is – it's a pretty well-coached team. I mean, Dan Campbell – They bite kneecaps. They're biting – that's for sure. Well, would you rather bite kneecaps or uh, fertilize the ground? Um, I think but, uh, I bite kneecaps. I have a thin on the the fertilizer stuff too in a little, but I mean the Lions team is a very well coached team, uh, despite being zero seven. That they almost have wins over uh, the line. I mean it's not really almost a win, but they they were playing strong against the Rams. Uh, they played strong against Minnesota. They played strong against Baltimore. Um, I mean th- this is a quality Lions team that if the Eagles uh, struggle against, get down deep against that. The, they're going to have a hard time pulling this one out, I think, if they fall behind. So the Eagles are going to have to come out fast in this one and uh, really just, I mean, yeah, just they, they really just need a fast start in this one if they want to have a chance to win. Yeah, and they, they have had issues with this team. I'm looking back now. The Eagles in their last five games against the Detroit Lions are one and five. Or one and four, sorry. Yes. One and four. Right. And it was a 27-24 loss, 24-23 loss, 45-14 loss, 
34 to 20 win and 26, 23 loss in overtime. So like as many times as we've said, Oh, we'll beat the lions. They're not that good. We struggle for whatever reason we struggle. And it starts with the back. Like in the past, it was Theo Riddick. I mean, Deandre Swift, I think is going to give them major, major headaches going into this game. You know, that and I think what Hawkinson had a pretty good game last time they played. So they can't take them lightly. Absolutely. And you, and you bring up that one and four record for the Eagles against the Lions over the last, what was it, five years, six years? Five, um, yeah. Five years. Um, that being said, uh, do you know the one common denominator in all five of those games for the Lions? It's pretty don't think deep about it, but it's pretty easy. Go for it, because it's Matthew fun. Stafford. Oh, Eagles killer Matthew Stafford. On the flip side, the Eagles all time are uh, two and one against uh, current Lions quarterback Jared Goff. Uh, his only win coming um, in uh, twenty twenty last, last year, yeah. uh, a thirty seven nineteen win in Philadelphia, where he did go twenty for twenty seven and three touchdowns, but. Uh, yeah, Jared Goff has not had the greatest success against the Eagles. Um, and that was with a better head coach and a much more talented team in Los Angeles. So perhaps uh, with a less talented team around him in Detroit, we'll see a different Jared Goff this week. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see if this will be the telling point if, a, if the Eagles are really bad this year, like how bad they truly are. Mm-hmm. Because if they lose, this would be rock bottom for the Eagles, I think. They're, they're, if they lost, there would be no comeback from this loss this season. No, and, and we think we're already at rock bottom. Like you said, if we lose this game, it'll be – I don't even know. You might as well hand them the shovel and say dig it for us because this every, is just – Every week becomes deeper of rock bottom. Right, yeah. I mean, this defense hasn't shown, I guess, life. besides – Yeah, they haven't shown life. I mean, they they play the softest coverage, most generic defense, and every analyst has said that. That's not even just you know me, you know, being a negative Philly fan. That's coming from every analyst that this is the softest and most generic defense that this team could possibly play. I understand they don't have the talent, but. I mean, you got to do something. The good news is, is Darius Slay and Steven Nelson should have a very easy day. You you would hope so. You would certainly hope so. Which, um, if that's the case, then you should be able to bring a little more blitzing and all that, you know, because you're not worried about the passing options as much. Sure, and I guess I I guess we with that we we can talk a little bit about this Lions offense here. Um, yeah, the Lions' offense is built, I would say, around primarily two guys. Obviously, those being uh, running back DeAndre Swift, a Philadelphia native, so he will get his. Um, is this his first career game against the Eagles? Or did yeah, he come? yeah, this is his. I don't think he played last year. As you check that, you double check that. Yeah. But uh, DeAndre Swift obviously is uh, the main guy, one of the young, top young stars at running back in the NFL has a really bright future ahead of him, uh, especially if he can get, eventually get out of Detroit. Um, so far this season, he has 262 rushing yards, 
and then 391 uh, receiving yards. So he's he already has uh, 650 yards from scrimmage this year. And then the other guy, of course, is tight end, uh, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, 38 receptions, 359 yards, and two touchdowns for him. Uh, those are two guys the Eagles are going to have to be, obviously, the most aware of. But at the same point, both of those guys uh, on Thursday were limited at Lions practice, so that will be something to watch going forward. Uh, other guys on this Lions offense, you, the Eagles defense is going to be aware of is if DeAndre Swift does not play, is running back Jamal Williams, who is uh, has 71 carries for 312 yards and two touchdowns this year, so he's averaging four and a half yards per attempt. He, he is doing better than Swift in that aspect of the game. Um, so Williams will be Williams will get his carries if Swift is in there or not. Williams, though, was also, I think, limited on Thursday. Um, and then other names to know, mostly in the receiving game, you're looking at um, Khalif Raymond, um, who really kind of has broken out this year, 26 receptions, 334 yards, second on the Lions um, out of their main receivers uh, in yards per reception at 12.8, has two touchdowns. And then Amon Ross St. Brown is having a solid start to the season or through seven games. And uh, Quintus uh, Cephas uh, also has 15 receptions, 204 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, so is this Lions offense deep in talent? No. There's really two big guys on this offense, as I said, yet to worry about Swift and Hawkinson. But it's one of those things I, I, I feel if you get too cocky with this Lions offense, they are – a talented enough team that they they can find ways to beat you. But if you play your A game, you should be able to keep them in check for the most part. Yeah, and I just looked real quick. Um, DeAndre Swift was not a part of that 2019 okay. team that we played. I didn't think um, so. It was Carry On and it was J.D. McKissick that killed us, which – I, I don't know if you remember J.D. McKissick, I think, had that end around or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this team, like you said, has two main focal points. It's it's the tight end and DeAndre Swift, which DeAndre Swift actually is, I believe, the leader in pat, uh, receiving yards. He is. He has uh, 391 yards on 42 receptions. So okay. just uh, under nine and a half yards per reception. Yeah, so for fantasy, you might want to start him against this Eagles team. I mean, the Eagles have struggled at running back when it comes to even just running the ball, but then you add this is Jared Goff's favorite passing target, clearly. Yep. Um, So, I mean, the Eagles, like I said, the Eagles, I think, have to play this aggressive – they have to play an aggressive defense. They can't be scared of this offense because they shouldn't be. Let – Darius Slay and Steven Nelson just man up on them. Yeah, and, and th- th- this isn't an offense you need to play soft coverage against. Uh, th- there's not many threats here to beat you deep at all. I mean, uh, yes, yeah, Hawkinson has big play p- potential, but Hawkinson this year is still only averaging uh, 9.4 yards per attempt, so it's not like he's averaging uh, 12, 13, 14, 15 yards per uh, reception. Um. Yeah, like you said, play physical man-to-man football on th- this team, and you should be fine. But because if they go back into the soft coverage shell type offense they've been playing, I mean, 
I don't think Jared Goff is a good quarterback. Like, he's, a, he's a solid quarterback. He's been around the league a half a decade now. Um, plus, went to a Super Bowl. Went to a Super Bowl. Um, he's not he's not a top-tier quarterback, but he's good enough to, if you play soft coverage and you give him easy check-down passes, yeah. he's not going to miss a majority of them. He's gonna, he, he has the ability to complete 80-plus percent of those passes, uh, similar to what we saw at Derek Carr last week. I think they're very similar quarterbacks. Uh, That's I do what think, I was going to say. I, I do think golf may have bigger upside in potential. Um I mean, Derek Carr's just got arm strength that you yeah. know compared to Jared Goff. Is Derek Carr That's can true. throw the deep ball a lot better, um, but Jared Goff and things a little more accurate, yeah, and better at the short to intermediate. And then Derek Carr completes fifty percent, ninety percent of his passes. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, that the, means Goff's going to go ninety-five. Mine is the arm strength. The, the, I think they're very similar in yes their potential. Yes. And overall, they're probably right about, in my opinion, the same spot mm-hmm. in their league rankings quarterback-wise. Uh, but, yeah, you can't play soft shell against this. But um, if there is one guy that's going to make them pay in the receiving game this week, I, I fear it's going to be uh, DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I think it's a lot of it's going to be like the angle route, you know, where he cuts, gets to yeah. five yards and cuts uh, to the middle of the field. I The Eagle, I mean – um, you cannot cannot allow the linebackers to have one-on-one coverage of DeAndre Swift, or they're going to get beat all 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 day consistently. And DeAndre Swift is going to have the ability to put up 125, 150 yards from scrimmage if they do that. I I, I don't know who you're going to put on Swift, but dear lord, they better not put Alex Singleton or anybody on Swift in the passing game. Yeah, you like almost have to put Avante Maddox on him. Yeah. No, no matter what. Slot receiver. Yeah. And I mean Hawkinson's gonna get his if yep. you know if they're gonna target him, it's gonna be for the first down, maybe a little past the first down. But red zone. Yeah, red zone. He's not gonna be, I don't think, going for these deep post routes. No, that's not his play style. Right. So I mean that's more so what you have to worry about. Um do you have any other thoughts on the off or defense before we move to the offense? Um, the other, I just mean, I guess, get pressure. On, you need to get pressure on Goff. Yeah, got to get pressure on Goff. Um, overall, you're, you're just going to need a big performance out of, I think, the linebackers in this game, mm-hmm. um, because it's not just Swift. It's Williams. It's Hawkinson. Um, who's their backup tight end? Um, Give me a second here. I know Jesse James used to be there. Yeah. Is, is he still there? Or is he gone now? Um, they're back up tight end. Oh, it's Darren Fells. Okay. Yeah, he. I mean, he's had a nice career, what, from Houston, right? Yeah, but he only has four receptions this year. Sure. Um, the other thing, too, not only just the angle routes, but I think because of how the Raiders use the screen game against the Eagles, that's what you're going to see. Yep. You're going to see a lot of screens. You're going to see a lot of angle routes, and you're going to see a lot of short, you know, dink and dunk because and that's what the Eagles allow. That allows the the Lions to get um, the ball in the hands of their faster players um, and uh, agile, quick guys. Because um, the one place the Eagles have struggled mildly this year is with guys 
who are who are trouble in space, who are fast, and when they get in space, the Eagles are in very much trouble. And the screen game, you you put a guy with decent speed behind a couple of blockers, the Eagles defense folds in half. Yeah, especially too because it wasn't just. Like it was like Hunter Renfro that was yeah. getting these screens. You know, guys like that, or I know Henry Ruggs got a couple, but Brian Edwards, you know, DeAndre Swift is a faster guy than Brian Edwards and, you know, probably more explosive than Hunter Renfro. Yeah, the Eagles struggle with elite, elite um, route runners, yeah. and they struggle with uh, speed. Um, just real quick, um, I don't know. I I think they're going to just – not necessarily a shootout, but I think we're going to struggle. I really do. I don't think it's going to – I think they could win. I just don't think it's going to be pretty. And you go back to um, the pass rush. Um, I'm checking here to see how many uh, sacks. Uh, the, uh, Jared Goff has taken. Yeah, Jared Goff has taken 17 sacks so far this season, so – that's over two per two per game, but not three per game either. Um, so I mean, th- they're susceptible to allowing sacks, but I mean, of Javon, outside of Javon Hargrave, there's been nobody on this defensive line that's really stood out and yeah. been consistent against the uh, quarterback this season, which is another major issue on the defense. I mean, soft coverage is. It can work, but if you're not getting any pressure on the quarterback, there, and you give these guys more than three seconds, they're going to pick you apart, which is what's been happening. Yeah, and I mean, going. I don't know if you're done with the defense. I, I I'm go. good on the defense. We can okay, so the offense. So the offense. Here's your issue, right? Um, Miles Sanders got that injury. It, yep. it didn't look good. I know they said he did not break it. However, yeah. I'm very, very uh, – I'm not very optimistic. I'm pessimistic that he plays this week. Yeah, I'm shocked they haven't put him on IR yet. Uh, just because, let's be honest, this season, there's there's not much hope for this season, no. I think. Uh, and if, if he is truly a guy you want to build around going forward – you Never don't you don't risk him unless he's hundred percent. Right. Um, and so I actually wouldn't be shocked. I mean, we're releasing we're going to release this sometime Friday this afternoon. Um, I wouldn't be shocked by the time we release this, or a little bit after we release this Friday, or even maybe Saturday if uh, he gets put on IR, just because allow him to get healthy, allow him to get to hundred um, percent. Maybe he was banged up in some other areas that we weren't we didn't know about. Still don't outside of this injury, but I'm getting 100%. Um, and then don't worry about bringing him back. Because uh, what, if you go on IR, you have to miss at least three weeks, I think. Yeah, yeah, three weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, get, get him on IR, I think, would be the best case. And um, get him healthy. And, yeah, you'd like to have Sanders out there. He helps you win when you get in the ball. But at the same time, now this gives the Eagles a better chance to – uh, evaluate Kenny Gainwell and see uh, what type of what type of running back they got in him, and if he can be somebody who's a part of the future of this team. Yeah, and you will see. I think a lot more Boston Scott as well. Yeah. I think they're going to use him between the tackles, 
more than Kenny Gainwell. Although I would like to see them at least give it to Kenny Gainwell. Just let them try to do that. Um, But this Lions defense as a whole isn't very good. I mean, Jeff Okuda has been hurt his entire career here with the Lions. Um, And they are allowing 28.6 points per game this season. Yeah, not very good uh, Lions defense here. Um, which, now we are we are right below them, allowing twenty six point four points per season or per game. So, yeah, <laughs> take that as you will. Where did Dan Campbell come from? He tight ends coach for the Saints, I think. Yeah, I, I I'm forgetting. Sounds right. I'm trying to think. Yeah, he was tight ends coach for the Saints. I I was was trying to think of what his background was, uh, but it's offensively. Um, Yeah, Lions defense not not good at all. Um, Like you said, allowing twenty eight point six points per game. Um, You you look at where they're getting beat this year consistently, and and it's not it's not too shocking. let me find the averages here. It's always easier to talk in averages than totals. Um, yeah. Either way, um, the the passing uh, defense this year uh, has has been very um, very poor. Uh, Fifteen touchdowns allowed to just four interceptions, and they're allowing on average two hundred sixty three yards per game. Uh, and then on the ground, they they've been solid. They're not they're not getting torched on the ground weekly. But they're still allowing over 100 yards per game. They're allowing, um, I believe, 120 right now, and have allowed six touchdowns on the ground. Um, yeah, they they just their big problem is they allow a lot of explosive plays. Obviously, um, they're they're a little bit um, undisciplined. They have 40 penalties through seven games. That's okay. We are too. <laughs> Sorry, they have 45 penalties as a whole. The Lions as a whole have 45 penalties. Um, and, and this defense just does not force turnovers no. at the rate you would need them to to offset um, some of the offensive struggles and uh, so on. And, I mean, for the most part, we haven't turned the ball over either. You know, so, we, I, like, Jalen, I think, has four interceptions on the year. Um, I know we have a couple fumbles between Kenny Gainwell and uh, I know – Devonta had a fumble, but I mean, we for the most part we're pretty clean. It, when it comes to the offense, we just hurt. We shoot ourselves in the foot most of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and going back quickly, if the Eagles are going to target some guys in this um, Detroit secondary, I think you're you're going to start off with um, one AJ Parker. Uh, so far this season, quarterbacks are completing 80% of their passes, 16 for 20 against him for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Jeff Okuda, like you said, has been injured, so don't have to worry about him. Um, safety, Will Harris has been getting beat a lot, 73.9% completion percentage and 318 yards given up by him. Um and it's weird because there is talent on this Detroit secondary. Yes. Uh, is very good. Ifatu Malafanwu was a guy that I was interested in, but he, I think, has been uh, banged up. Uh, former Penn State cornerback Amani 
uh, or our, I, I can never pronounce his name, uh, or our way, or our way, whatever. Um, he, he's one of their better corners this year, but he's getting beat for 71% completion percentage, 331 yards, three touchdowns. Um, so, I mean, even their best corner is getting beat pretty consistently mm-hmm. here. And, and it's just, it's not, it's not working out well for this line's defense. There's just so many issues and it's not just all the secondary. I mean, they only have um, 29 qu- quarterback curries this year. Um, quarterbacks only been knocked down 11 times. Um, they, they do have 14 sacks. Yeah. Goal or two per game, but um, they, I think you, if you're aligned, you'd like to see more than 55 pressures over seven games. Yeah, and I think I think you could see a big game out of Devonta Smith. You know, like you mentioned, you know, their secondary isn't exactly that good. Um, him, I think Sirianni's got to force feed him and Dallas Goddard. I know we we mentioned that last week after yeah. the Raiders game is how, you know, they didn't really get the playmakers, the ball, even though that's what this offense was supposed to be predicated on. But yeah. I mean, it's just not a good, this is a battle of two bad teams. It, it, it very much is. And you go back to Goddard. I said it last week following the, um, uh, following the trade of Zach Ertz, you you this is your time to see what you have in Dallas Garden. That yes. you have to force feed him the ball. I mean, this guy should be getting minimum six or seven targets per game. I I would say you should be targeting him and Devonte uh, a combined at least 14, 15 times a game. Uh, that's where a majority of your focus yeah. should go, and then you spread the ball around the remaining five to ten targets. Because I, I think you want to target with Jalen Hurts. You should look at how many plays we say they get a week. Uh, here I'll look because I'm not sure. Um, if they get sixty plays a week, I think you sh- you look you should be looking at a. 35-25 um, split in terms of run pass. The Eagles are averaging 24 plays per game, 23.5 plays per game in 2021, I believe. Well, it's not 23.5 because uh, – Oh, that says points per game, my bad. Hold on, I'm clicking it. Where is it? Uh, plays per game. They 60, 60. 60 yeah, that's about, yeah, that's a lot better. Well, I mean, listen, after last week where, where they had the ball for like, what, 17 minutes, 23 didn't sound, 23 didn't sound that out of. No, it didn't say it wasn't that far out of the realm, but um, uh, yeah, 60 plus. They should be running the ball about 35 times per game and throwing it about 25 times per game, in my opinion. And out of those 25 passes, I think about 14 or 15 of those have to go to Goddard and Smith. Um, those are the guys you're building your offense around for the future. And I mean, you got to find out now what you have in them. Um, I'm going to quickly check something. 
what yeah. what are your thoughts on uh, any of this? I mean, I just went back and looked real quick. Dallas Goddard had five targets last game. Yeah, he had, he had three catches for seventy yards. So let's say he even has seven targets, he's going to have over a hundred yards. And you're saying, holy crap! Like, yes, we were right to move on from uh, Zach Ertz, Devonta Smith. I know he he kind of struggled last last sure. game. You know he did have the fumble, hit a couple drops, but see he had nine targets. You're fine with yeah. nine targets. He had five for sixty. Should be, yeah, five for sixty one. And I know, like I said, he had a couple drops. He had the fumble, but nine targets is a great number, and especially with a way worse uh, defense in the Lions here, he should be right around that nine targets again. Absolutely, absolutely. It should be at least around there, and if not more. I mean, there's no nothing wrong with getting him 10 to 12 targets per game. Um, what I wanted to check was the lines up against tight ends this year, um, and I, I, I didn't get there just yet, but I'm going to be there in one sure. second. Um, I would like to see them take a couple deep shots too. I know sure. we've seen it here and there, but like you said, they have been beaten with the big plays this season. And especially guys like Rager and Quez Watkins have more than capable speed to beat this team deep. Yeah, so the Lions have actually been solid against tight ends this year, believe it or not. Um, they're the they're they're the fourth best defense against tight ends this year. Um, similarly, the Eagles are the actually twenty eighth best team against tight ends this year, though that of course is very much. Um, thanks to Blake Jarwin and Foster Moreau. Um, but, I, I mean, even with the Lions being strong against tight ends this year, I I, I still think you have to try, try to get Goddard the ball as much as possible. He's one of your best offensive players. He has great potential and can, has the ability to have big plays anytime he touches the ball. We've seen that. Um, yeah, so that's what I got on those two. Yeah. Um, I, I think also against this, this Lions team in secondary is a great time to try to get a guy like Jalen Rager kind of more in the yeah. flow and tr- just try to get him to be a bigger part of this offense. I mean, he's obviously at this point not going to live up to our expectations, but if he can become a bigger part of this offense and a nice contributing player going forward, th- that, that will be a benefit. Uh, without a doubt. Yeah, and I I would like to see more. I know they try the end arounds with them and they try yeah. the deep shot. But what about like a crossing, like a little drag route, you know, sure. dump it to him and let him go or an in, you know, just something where he can get into space and they can use his speed. Um, obviously, uh, Quez has gotten quite a few deep balls. I know they've tried to hit Rager on a couple, but Jalen seems to be late on those throws. You know, just either he doesn't see it or his timing just is off with those kind of throws. So getting him these little drag routes with Jalen Rager that get Jalen into space would one benefit him and two, I like two one to two targets for Jalen Rager to me isn't enough because you don't know what he is still as a receiver. And he sure. has this blazing speed. Yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% agree with you there. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking at the Eagles receiving uh, stats, and 
I haven't realized how incredibly even it is after Devontae Smith. Miles Sanders, 19 receptions. Kenneth Gainwell, 19 receptions. Rager, 19 receptions. Ertz had 18 before he left. Goddard has 18. Watkins has 18. Um, I, I definitely think Goddard needs to become that number two. You need to separate Goddard from the pack, but I yeah, also think you need to find him and Devontae need their own tier. Whether it's Rager or Watkins, you need to find a third option, go-to option here. Uh, and I, and this is the type of defense you can do that against. Yeah, and this is where having a veteran receiver would be kind of good for Jalen. You know, yeah. not necessarily like some sort of stud that, you know, is a top-tier receiver, but just like a guy like Marvin Jones would have been a great signing for this team because it would have been reliable hands, a guy who can get open, and a second safety valve for Jalen. Yeah, I, I fully agree. The Eagles are really missing a veteran presence on that in that receiver room. I, I know Goddard's a veteran at this point, but when Dallas Goddard is your go-to veteran, I mean, that's that isn't great. I mean, no. I know the no. guy's been around the block now a few times, but uh, they they don't have a true possession wide receiver right now. No, they don't. I know that's kind of what you thought maybe Devonta would be the route runner possession and, guy, and he still may be down the yeah. road. But it's just it's too a, early as a rookie. I mean, that's asking a lot for a rookie. Yeah, exactly. Unless your name's Jamar Chase, then you're going to get 15 targets and. 300 yards every week, but yeah, I, <laughs> not everyone's Jamar Chase. And we'll talk about the offseason, but I, I think the Eagles need to go out this offseason and sign a, a a veteran wide receiver or somebody who maybe, maybe could be a number one for a year until Devontae become, gets into a, a natural rhythm and mm-hmm. really comes to his own and gets. I know he's not going to get much bigger, but, you know, put on a little bit more weight. Maybe yeah, a 10 bit more pounds. Muscle. Right, yeah. 10 pounds. I mean, a guy who, again, we'll talk about down the road, but a guy who's, whose value is dipping right now and is an upcoming free agent, Alan Robinson. Yeah, oh, I would love – that's a great – I even mentioned that, I think, um, to a couple of people at work that, you know, I would love for the Eagles to go after him as a potential target. Now it all like, you know, depends what he's asking for. Yeah. What the Eagles prioritize in the off season. We don't know yet. It's we're still, we're still literally far, about to be at the halfway point in the season. Yeah, still far away. But I, I think this off season going and getting somebody, it, it doesn't even have to be on Robinson, but go get, get a veteran wide receiver, bring in this room, help bring along the young guys. Cause I mean, Devontae's young. Jalen's still going to be young. Quez is still going to be young. These guys have only been in the league two, three years, for uh, depending on who they are. And, I mean, hell, they're mo- they're mostly our age. And Yeah, don't remind me. That's depressing. <laughs> two to three years in the NFL, you still have a lot to learn. And, I mean, there's a lot of wide receivers and players out there who, who took a few years to really become the yeah. players they were. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot to ask on young guys. I mean, this entire offense pretty much is pretty young. Receiving core, Jalen Hurts, Miles is still very young. 
I mean, at this point, our offensive line minus two to three guys is, you know, 20-year-old kids, Landon Dickerson, uh, yeah. Mylotta, who has barely played. So there are a and, lot and of... Something I think we also have to take a little bit more account into is that this is, there's a lot of um, veterans on this team. But a lot of this team is also still really young. Yeah. Um, before we get into a prediction and stuff, uh, quickly go over these injury reports for both teams. We'll start with, uh, I guess, the Lions. Um, and this was as of, um, I think, Wednesday. No, as of Thursday. As of Thursday. Um Cornerback Jerry Jacobs did not practice because of an illness. A.J. Parker did not practice due to a neck issue. Trey, outside linebacker Trey Flowers was out with a knee issue. Sorry, limited with a knee issue. T.J. Arkinson, like I said, limited before. He has an ankle and knee problem. DeAndre Swift, uh, a dreaded groin issue. He was limited. Uh, Jamal Williams with a thigh issue was limited on Thursday. Um and then uh, fullback Jason Amida was full practice. On the Eagles, a much, much deeper uh, injury report from Thursday. Um, in terms of full practices, we had Jack Anderson full practice, Devontae Smith full practice, Jason Kelsey full practice, Lane Johnson full practice. Uh, in terms of limited practices, Ortega Whiteside with his back was limited. Uh, Javon Hargrave was limited with his shoulder. Anthony Harris both. Thumbs and groin uh, limited. Um, and then Landon Dickerson with his hip was limited. Uh, the D- they did not practice on Thursday. Kerrigan with a groin. Uh, Zach McPherson with a uh, hamstring issue. Miles, of course, with his ankle. Um, and we said we we yeah. wouldn't be shocked if he ends up on the IR. Uh, was also a did not practice. So as of Thursday, those were the did not practices and the injury reports for both teams. Um, all right. I, I guess the last, the last thing I wanted to say about the um, Lions defense was if there's a player you're going to keep your eye on here, um, it, one of them is going to be outside linebacker Charles Harris. Uh, he has... Uh, 21 tackles this year, but four sacks and a forced fumble. Uh, three tackles for a loss and six quarterback hits. He gets in the backfield a lot. He, he can create a ton of havoc back there um, at times. So he'll be somebody to watch. But um, there's not many playmakers on this Lions defense. No, not really. I mean, Trey Flowers was the other one yeah. that you mentioned. But, I mean, other than that, I – He only has one forced fumble. Right. And a, a second half this year with one um, tackle for a loss. Yeah, and and what's sad is you were reading that injury report, and half the people had no idea who they are. You know that just yeah. tells you what kind of team this Lions team is. Um, but with the Eagles, I mean, we haven't really seen anything from McPherson like at all. I don't know if he's been has he been hurt all year. Do you know? Uh, He's been in and out. He, I, okay. I saw him play. Okay. Um, I mean, Devonta Smith, headache. He, he should be good. Um, Kelsey and them rest. I'm not worried about. Um, no. The Anthony Harris one is kind of concerning. He didn't play last week. Yeah. 
you know, I don't know how you hurt your hands and your groin, but obviously you can't tackle without your hands and you can't move without your groin. And uh, I guess Javon Hargrave, hopefully that's kind of a rest slash his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, but... I mean, that's a key guy. That's your best defensive lineman right there. Yeah, he's been your best – I argue your best player yeah. uh, all year regardless of offense, defense. He was playing at an all-pro level early yeah. on this year. Yeah. Um, all right, I guess we'll do a prediction here. Uh, Eagles are a three-and-a-half-point favorite here um, on the road. Um, yeah, so – I hate this. All right, g- 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 just let it all out. Dude, I think they lose. All right. 28-24, I think they lose. 28-24, you think they lose. It's They just, they are, I don't know. It's just they can't beat the Lions for whatever freaking reason. And they haven't shown me anything that has made me think, you know what, this team is definitively better than the Lions. Sure. And the Lions so, have played more consistent football. So looking at it, um, obviously we know the records. Eagles 2-5, and five, Lions 0-7. At home this year, the Lions are 0-3. Um, the Eagles are 2-2 two two on the road. Against the spread, the Lions are 4-3, and three, Eagles 3-4. Three and four. On the road, uh, the Eagles are 2-2 two and two against the spread. Lions are 2-2 two and two at home against the spread. So something's going to give here. Um, <laughs> something is going to give. Uh, what is the over-under? We might as well talk about that quickly. Um, over-under here is set at 48 points. That's I, I think the defenses are bad enough here, but I don't know if the offenses are going to be good enough to take advantage of any mistakes. I mean, by I the have defense. them over. I have them over. You, you do? Not by much, but I have them over. It, it just feels like a lot of points. Um Though it's not that many points, um, but those defenses are so bad. You hypothetically, like that's why I'm thinking they could put those points up. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. I mean, the one good thing the Eagles have done this year—correct me if I'm wrong—is when they have turned the ball over, it hasn't resulted in short field situations for the defense. Yeah, and even when it has, they've kind of held their own in the red zone. But yeah, I don't know. Go for um, it. Damn. So I, I'm going to say the Eagles do pull out the victory this week. Get off the one and four schneid against the Lions. Yeah, I, I think they get off that schneid against the Lions, and I do think they win. Uh, I'm going to go with 27 21. That's right so, on 48. Yeah, so I'll push on the over-under. Um, but I, I think 27-21, I, I think um, – and a big – we didn't talk about this. But a big a big reason the Eagles, if they do win this game, will win this game, I think, is is Jalen Hurts gets out to a fast start. He has not gone out to fast starts the last few weeks. If they want to win this game, that is that is a must is that he yeah, gets and off it's, to a fast start. It's frustrating because they started off pretty well last game, and then Miles got hurt, and that, then the wheels fell off. So, I mean, hopefully, whether it's the run game or, 
know, maybe maybe they call up a guy like Jordan Howard if they don't necessarily sure. think that Boston Scott can run between the tackles like that. You know, that's why they signed him. And unfortunately, you know, we didn't even talk about the Lions connection with Carrion Johnson. Oh yeah, yeah. Eagle Eagle legend. But he was, um, uh, he was legend right there next to Joe Flacco. <laughs> And Frank that, that's, something yeah. we, that's something we haven't talked about was Joe Flacco trade. Um, <laughs> I, I, guess, I think we just went, man. <laughs> my only thing with Joe Flacco trade is if you're the Lions and if you're Joe Doug, what are you doing? Why are you trading for Joe Flacco? I mean, I guess because isn't Wilson's hurt, hurt? I I know, and I get it's an addition, it's a conditional pick, but why are you giving up picks for freaking Joe Flacco? I mean. Dear Lord, the, 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 I mean, is Joe Flacco? Would you rather go out and pick somebody guy off a practice squad and hope he can do something, or would you rather go with Joe Flacco, who's you know what you're going to get? Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is going to go ten for twenty-four with a hundred and twenty-five yards, maybe a touchdown, like two interceptions. Hey, he did win the Super Bowl. You You're gotta right. put some respect. Yeah, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Yep, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl, not not Ray Lewis in that team. Nope. No, but, no, um, all Joe Flacco. Yeah. Um, is that is that all we want to yeah. talk about with with the birds? Yeah, that's or, all I got. I, this this game's a push for me. I wouldn't be shocked if it went either way. Nope. I would not be shocked. Uh, no matter what, I, I guess for um, some uh giggles let's let's just look at some prop bets for this game um just quickly um tj hawkinson anytime touchdown count it i i do like i do like that one quite a bit to be honest um but um yeah pulling it up give me one second i should have been prepared this is is on me um your time uh, where is it? There it is. All right, Eagles Lions. Real quick, plus one forty-five for Hawkinson anytime touchdown. By the way, pretty good. Just to let you know, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift both at minus one thirty. I do like Javante Smith at minus one. Uh, sorry, uh, plus one twenty. Yeah, you could do uh, both of them. Quez Watkins is plus three hundred. Is kind of uh. A nice Enticing, game. yeah, like a little deep ball or something. Jack Stoll, plus six hundred. <laughs> uh, Player passing yards hurts two fifty two. I he hasn't That's, really passed for that many yards. Um, it's hard because he'll have ninety through three quarters and then go off for one hundred and thirty yeah. in the in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, let me. Let me look at his recent. Here you go. Over. Um, Ooh, so, what is it? 252. Jalen has gone over 252, it looks like, uh, three times this year. He's gone under 200 three times as well. So, I'd actually lean under on the 252 because I just I, I don't trust him to get off to a fast start. And he's going to have to if he's going to go Well, over and if that. this game's close, they're not going to have to throw the ball like that. You yeah. know, like they can rely on Boston Scott or somebody to, yeah, uh, run the ball and just kind of control the clock. Sure. 
Um, player rushing yards hurt 44 and a half. I would take the over on that. Also, real quick, we didn't we didn't get to mention that the Lions also have yet to take an offensive snap with the lead. Really? That's going to change. I, I believe so. I think they were up last game, and then they went for the onside kick. And uh, then, you know, obviously the Rams got it. But I do not believe – I think either last game they finally did it or – they uh no yeah I guess they did the last game but I mean that's that should tell you something sure absolutely you know, that this this team just they not necessarily find ways to lose but they're they're constantly trailing yeah the, while they've played people tough they they yeah. haven't exactly been I mean, wait 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 wait. Wait, they had the lead over the Rams last week. No, that's what I'm saying is I was looking to see if they did, and I think they they finally took a lead. Okay, okay. Yeah, I remember them saying that last week. uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and then they went for the onside kick, and I think the Rams only got three out of it. Yeah, yeah. But my my point is, yeah, week it took seven weeks. Yeah, the point remains. (laughs) They they played tough, but they're, they're not a good team either. Uh, Jalen Hurts over 44 and a half yards. I, I would take that. Yeah, rushing um, yards, yeah. Uh, Devontae Smith over 62 and a half receiving yards. I do like that. Who do you think scores first touchdown? Um, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. That's plus 600. Uh, that was my gut pick. Or you could go Boston Scott at 1,200. I'm not going to do that one. Um, here's a good one. Um, total points over under for the Eagles, 26 and a half. I have them at 20. No, I have them under at 24. Yeah, I I know I said 27, but that that's I, – I see them at max, at max – Putting up twenty seven, so I don't think I trust them at all. To I, I would not bet that um, Lions twenty two and a half points. What what I, I said what twenty seven twenty one. I, I don't like either of these bets to be honest. Um, Eagles thirteen and a half points in the first half. Uh. They're a second-half team. Yeah, they're a second-half team. It, I mean, consistently. But yeah. All right, well, that's our that's our picks and a couple quick bets, uh, thought bets. Uh, let's get into the Flyers quickly, um, very quickly, because this is a little bit of a long episode. So we're recording this right now. It's uh, second intermission. Um, Flyers up 2-1 on Edmonton, on Vancouver. Thanks to Claude, Gir- no, sorry, thanks to Couturier and uh, James Van Riemsdyk. But Claude Drew's having another solid game after uh, a big game last night. Um, that was a beautiful goal by JVR, by the way. It was, I don't know if you uh, saw the clip. It was. I mean, the, well, let, let's just get right into the point here. The Flyers were playing some really good hockey. I mean, if they can hold this lead against Vancouver tonight, 
They are on their way to a four one and one start, which I think is the best under Elaine Vigneault. Um, and while I don't think this team is necessarily deep enough to make any sort of sustained run in the playoffs, this is a really good start for them. There's no way around that. And, and it's really nice to see because this is a team the last few years that historically has been a very slow start. And it's really screwed them down the stretch when they are trying to make a run into the playoffs and they just run out of gas because, I mean, they they sometimes had to win like nine of 12 games. Yeah, the only the only exception is, what, three years ago when they won 10 in a row and still didn't make the playoffs? Yeah, the same year they lost <laughs> 10 in a row. Yeah, but, um, but no, the, yeah, like you said, they played very good hockey. I've been actually very impressed with Martin Jones so far. Mar- yeah, I mean – Let's see what he does the rest of this game, but Mark right. Jones. That's what I mean. Like, he's got a chance to win. Right, and that's all you can ask for. I know yeah. Brian Elliott did the same kind of thing, but I mean, considering when we signed Brian Elliott or uh, Martin Jones, you know, everyone, holy crap, we just signed the second worst goalie in the NHL last year. Yeah. Um. So we were very concerned, but I want to real quick talk about the Edmonton game where yeah, I mean, absolutely. That that was a huge game. I know Carter struggled in the beginning, but I think this is just how he plays his games. Is he struggles a little bit in the beginning, and then as the game goes on, he gets more comfortable. And I mean, you and I said going into this just road trip in general, five points and you're happy. Well, now you're at potentially four points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the Carter thing, uh, it does seem like a trend in uh, a trend out of his play, which I'm not, I don't necessarily love because I think um, it's also Edmonton. It's it's Edmonton, but if he does be a consistent, slow starter who gets better, that's fine. Except against a team like Edmonton, they're lucky. They they only gave up. uh, He only gave up three goals in that game earlier. It could have been much, much worse, but no, like you said, if they defeat Vancouver tonight, which they are so far doing that would be four points in the first two games of this road trip, which was big. We said going to this road trip, they need to bring home six points before they got back to Pittsburgh and Washington. Getting two against Vancouver, if they got one against Van- not Vancouver, again two against Edmonton, if they got one, I would have been happy. But again, two was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, yeah, if they get two more here tonight. That's four points. Uh, even if you get one, three points in your first two games is big because you got the Coyotes in two games, which is a winnable game. Very winnable game. Very winnable. Um, that would be six points right there. And if you could take one against Calgary here uh, coming up uh, on Saturday, that that would be that would be great as well. Um, uh, by the way, I think it's ridiculous they're playing three games in four nights. Oh, I know. I know. Um, I will say I did like their strategy against Edmonton. Edmonton was going to be aggressive as they, you know, as aggressive as they can be. And all the Flyers did is just wait, wait, wait. And the third period, Edmonton looked exhausted. You know, it looked like they forechecked the crap out of themselves. And the Flyers just waited until they tired out. And then they looked like the better team. And if you look at, um, Vancouver, you know, period one, the Flyers came out with a lot of energy. I thought I thought they were going to come out and be kind of flat because of how Edmonton played. But, I mean, 
that's very encouraging, especially like you said, because we're playing th- three games in four nights. Yeah. No, they, they've been. They've, I, I thought. I thought they've looked. Uh, what was I going to say? I think overall against Edmonton, they they had a solid game plan, and early on, Edmonton is just so freaking fast. Oh, dude! I mean, the, the Eagles aren't an Eagles. The Flyers aren't <laughs> a fast team by any means, but Edmonton early on was just skating Flying, circles yeah. around. And I mean, there's that one play where McDavid had three flyers draped on him, and he still got a pass off, and it almost—I I don't know who it was too, but it—it it, it still almost resulted in a goal. I mean, McDavid is the best player in the game right now, and I don't think it's—I mean, it, it could be close depending, but I, I think it's not that close right now. And um, yeah, but their game plan worked out against Edmonton. It's worked out so far against Vancouver, and I mean. Four going into Calgary, who is off to a solid start this season, but is beatable, I think, is a, a nice place to be. Yeah, and I will say, too, the Flyers are having knock on Nick Dillon. If you have any wood near you, can you please knock on it? The Flyers are actually having a very good uh, team on Our these point? special teams. Yeah. yeah. You know, I know penalty kills kind of struggled, but I do think part of it's because they keep they get called for so many penalties. You know, not necessarily the penalty kills atrocious, but – I mean, seven penalties in a game, you know, and I, I know we said, what, they only had one goal or something? Yeah. You know, that's – but, I mean, the Flyers, I think, are have a 14% on the power – no, sorry, they have 27%. Yeah, 27.78% on the power play. Yeah, that's – That's way that's, better than we've had in how long? And I know it's early, but – the fact that they're they've been converting in general. Yep, no, and they, I, they, they've been very good. And I do aspect. think part of it's with Cam. You know, I really do. I think instead of having two guys who want to pass in Voracek and Giroux, a guy that's ready to shoot the puck, you know, is it's helping. Sure, and the, not to be the Debbie Downer, but the one thing I will say that I am not worried about, but is worth noting is. Um, Counting to the nine, I think their shooting percentage was at like close to fifteen percent. That's yeah. not sustainable. No, it's not. But I mean, it's just I, it's just encouraging to see this type of offense. It is, and the penalty kill has. I mean, I think they're killing close to 86 percent of their penalties this year, um, which is also. Uh, Really good compared to where it's been. I think the last few years. Yeah. Um. Uh, and I guess I I I really don't have many worries. I I think my only worry is uh, is Carter's slow starts. Sure, and I mean it's a reasonable concern. You know, if if you put your team in a hole quickly, then you're climbing back most nights. But luckily, they're the offense right now to offset sure. some of those slow starts. But it slow starts would be unsustainable. Sure, they are, and I th- I do think though, like there's that negative, but there's also the positive of when he's had these, you know, for example, the three goal period. Um, it's not a five goal period. You know, last year yeah. with him, it was a not a three goal period. It was a six goal period or something. Yeah, the, the game isn't getting away from him, which is encouraging to see. Um, and with with. With him, it's 
he still makes a lot of the hard saves, mm-hmm. but it's those small like the, the one, yeah, the, like the one last night against Edmonton, where it deflected off. I forget who it was in front of the net. Was it Justin Braun? It may have been Justin Braun, but it deflected off Justin Braun and went into the net. And yeah, yeah deflections are hard, but it was it was not a fast shot at all. Well, I think he thought it was, the other problem too. He might have thought it was a pass, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like sometimes you got to bail it. Yeah, yeah, he has to get better on. He he's always given up some really weak goals, and uh, I mean he's still he's still learning. And yeah, if I think my, to the NHL game, I do think, point. yeah, my biggest thing, I think, you know, like I know like people are want to anoint him as the savior of the flyers. Um, but I, I do think, him. yeah, I think we do need to kind of take it game by game season by season. Cause I mean, look how long we've given Ben. Yeah. You know, it is year what five with Ben and yeah. now we're getting frustrated, but that's because of other things. But I mean, Ben was given five years to develop. Carter Hart is what two years younger than him. Yep. So I, I do, I do, and I know that's just not the nature of sports, though. Is that guys don't get you know this kind of leash? But I mean, like you mentioned, he's a kid; he's still learning. And and he's a guy that they, I don't know, they should have brought up necessarily when he did because you right. look at. You look at what he was doing in the AHL. I know they kind of were forced to. Yeah, Hextall kind of felt pressured to. He he was not performing at a high level in the AHL. So I think th- there's a thing that he almost came up too early. Oh, I think I think Snyder or whoever wanted seats and you know people in the seats, and they were desperate for goal good goaltending, and that was the only way to. And now, luckily that year him. he played really well, but yeah. Yeah, but the league is definitely adapt. The league knows his weaknesses now, and it's now up to him to work on their strength. It's something yeah, like people. you just said with Ben. Our biggest thing with Ben has not been that Ben isn't a good player. Ben is one of the best players in the league. It's that Ben hasn't. It felt like it has worked on his game to to make his weaknesses not his weaknesses anymore. Um, we're not we're not asking Ben or Carter to have a perfect game and have no weaknesses. We're just asking you to work on that. And I, I think Carter will. And I, I mean, yeah, Carter, young. yeah. And I think Carter has that kind of work ethic. You know, like it. It but, seems like it at least. The worst thing for Carter. Now, don't get me wrong. Last year was a very bad year. He was one of the worst goalies in the league. Yeah. But I think one of the worst things for Carter was coming up when he did. And always performing at the level he did. Yeah, it set the expectations. That made him a Vezina contender in what was was last year his first full season? Second full season? Yeah. He's been up three years, I think. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I I just think coming up when he did, performing at the level he did was very bad for him because it immediately set the expectations at all-time level. I will say, though, it is like – it is just it's fun to watch the Flyers hockey right now. It really is. It's a fun team to watch, and there's a lot of like. I mean, Cam Atkinson has been uh, a tremendous uh, pickup for the Flyers, and, and and even I said it. It looks like the Flyers won that trade, but as somebody pointed out, you could say for both teams, it's worked out well. Cam yes. now, Cam has 
it's the fit. And yeah, has six goals. I think um, he he brings that shoot first mentality to the Flyers that they much desperately needed. And then on the other end, Jake Voracek went to Columbus and line they uh, needed a guy to give it to him. Exactly, they wanted a guy to be able to be a playmaker, get the pucks to Lani and some of the other guys they have. And he's done that extremely well. I think he has five assists coming into tonight, which, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, he yeah, doesn't have goals, but Jake's never been a goal scorer. I no. mean, he's been in the league 10, 11, 12 years at this point, um, and he has like 200, a little over 200 career goals. He doesn't yeah. score. But I think it's been a great pickup for both teams, and it's one of those rare win-win trades. Yeah, and so far, far. Yes, and I think the uh, other thing too we're not even mentioning is uh, Ryan Ellis didn't even play against Edmonton, and he didn't. Uh, uh, he's, he's not, not playing. playing. Correct. Yeah. He's not playing against Vancouver. So you you beat Edmonton, and you didn't even have your arguably best, best of yeah, <laughs> arguably best defenseman, and it's still miraculous because I think I saw something like. Uh, Nolan Patrick is already out with uh, upper body injury, and and Phil Myers has been a healthy scratch. So at this point, you gave up nothing for Ryan Ellis. Yeah, and uh, and on the other end, while he has been out, somebody who's been performing really well for the Flyers, but nobody's talking about it because he had he was hurt by the pandemic season, I think, and didn't really get it to get in a groove last year. Justin Braun has been great. Oh my God! He, is he going to set a career high in points? He may. I mean, <laughs> Thirteen is not a lot, or whatever it is. But crap on Flyers analytical Twitter. Yeah. About it, but like the thing is, is he's a stay-at-home defenseman. Who? Yeah, he's not flashy. He's not going to. He probably isn't going to. How many? I don't know what he is at now, point-wise, but. He's not going to be a Ryan Ellis. Not everybody has to be Ryan Ellis out there. But he's been... And he's really stepped good. up while he's gone, too. Exactly. I mean, he had a career night, I think, almost against Edmonton. Um, but, you know, he's been great this year, and he's he's really helped solidify that defense core, especially with Ryan Ellis out. So Justin Braun has five points on the year. Wait, five, yeah, five points on the year. Uh, his career high is 19. No, wait, his career high is 23, 33 uh, in 2017. Yeah. I mean, you, you'll – He's not hitting 33. I, I, I don't think so. No. 28 no, but... assists that year. Oh, my word. But with the way this team is scoring, there's – I mean, there's potential. Um, but, no, Justin Braun has been great this year. But don't don't tell that to analytical Flyers Twitter. I mean, I, I'm a big analytics guy. But, yeah. I mean, I, I think some people go overboard on uh-huh. analytics. Um, because, like I said, stay-at-home defensemen naturally, naturally yeah. don't grade out as well analytically because they're kind of – they're just there to do one thing. And Justin Braun has done that one thing really well this year. Yeah, he struggled at times – last year and in the past, but I mean, he's been really good. And um, so far through a couple games, Risto, I mean, I was going to say, what's your thoughts on Risto? Dude, he cracks me up. I'm sorry. I love him. I mean, (laughs) I I love him. He's a great, he's, is he a shutdown defenseman? Hell no. But the dude is kind of there to, just bully people, bully people. And yeah, it's a steep price tag to be a bully, but, 
Well, um, and like here's the thing, like prime example, like last uh last night against Edmonton, you know, like McDavid would try to go down low. And Rasmus, you know, yeah, McDavid has the speed, but Rasmus, you know, you're going to run into Rasmus. He's not going to let you, you know, he's going to, he's not afraid to hit you. So, and I've seen, you know, a couple games, he's, he's crunched somebody against the boards and just setting that tone. Like you're not going to do whatever you want to us has been kind of, I think, important to this team because you didn't have it last year. You know, the Islanders did everything that they wanted. Yeah. No, absolutely. And he does have to watch with penalties yes. here and there. I mean, he had that one penalty against Edmonton last night that wasn't a penalty. Yeah. The high snit, the high stick. But I, I, I thought he's been – I mean, he's not hurting them yet. No, no. And that's when doing, everyone's going to get upset. But I, And I, I, I think he's doing what he was brought in to do, and he's doing it at a quality uh, yeah. level right now that yeah. I, I'm not going to complain about. I just love seeing this massive human being next to Carter Hart, like standing no, it's at great. the it's, so, it's like a bodyguard. It's great, and yeah. at the same time, that that's why Nate Thompson's in here. Yeah, who who quietly has actually been a very good. I know I couldn't stand the signing, you know, because it just kind of felt like, oh, here we go again. But Nate Thompson's actually had a decent year so far. Yeah, and he's gonna have his struggles, but I think at the end of the day. I mean, you only need him here until like Wade Allison or you know comes in or something because then Derek yeah, and, then and Kevin Hayes. Then he's going to be a healthy scratch. But against those teams like the Honors and stuff, you're going to need these guys like Thompson and Risto Lyon because you're you're going to need physical guys out there to try offset, yeah offset those teams. I mean, um, is it the way like Tampa Bay won a cup? No, no, but there is there is a formula there to be a good enough team where you can have two or three guys of these guys on your team and make a good run. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying the Flyers are going to make any type of run, but I mean, who knows? I I, I, I don't think if they don't, it's going to be because of those yeah. two. No, it, it'll be because they didn't go get Johnny Goudreau at the deadline. Yep, that's exactly why. <laughs> but um. Any other thoughts on the Flyers? No, I'm just like, I literally, I turn on the game and I'm like, I'm so happy because I guess because one, the Sixers have been frustrating because of this Ben stuff and Embiid just, he looks like that knee's still bugging him. The Eagles are frustrating. And uh, I don't feel like watching the World Series because the Astros and the Braves are in it. So it's it's nice to see a team where like I'm actually enjoying watching uh, their games. Sure. No, yeah, it's been nice. I mean, I'm enjoying them much more than I'm enjoying watching the Sixers. That's not, that's what I'm saying. Although Maxi has looked good, but that's that's another thing for another day. Um, you got anything else? No. no. All right. Um, so I guess with that, uh, thank you for tuning in for Cheese Steaks in the 700 level. I'm Austin Mancini. He's Dylan Callahan Crowley. You can find us on Twitter at in the 700. You can also find us at, on Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube. You can find us at, on Apple Podcast, on Spotify, all that good stuff. Go check us out and uh, thanks for listening. Go birds. Go birds. <laughs>